Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Human Limitations, written by TKXS. It is strange spectacle to witness a human reach a barrier. They adapt to any climate, rise to any role necessary, yet are not unstoppable, and to witness a human meet something they can't overcome can be worrying or highly amusing. I first witnessed it on a cargo run, as useful crew was all full of humans and claiming to be everything from cooks to pilots. The ship was damaged by some space debris, nothing serious, but it required us to land on a habitable moon nearby and make repairs. Now, everyone has stories of humans fighting the armies of monsters or losing limbs and still doing the impossible. This is not one of those. After landing and making a quick security sweep, our techs began repairing the damage. There was nothing of real note on the moon. It was a simple planetoid that had been retained its atmosphere through either proximity to its planet or a simple twist of fate. After a few hours, the ship had powered down completely, and we were transporting non-essential goods that were not particularly valuable or equipment was equal value. It began to get dark, and the human crew insisted on lighting a small container fires on the outer perimeter to assist with security. Presumably, I think they were simply bored. As the moon continued its orbit, it got dark, and the kind of dark that you normally only encounter in deep space, the void between stars. The humans immediately huddled towards the fires, others sat watching their dark backs turn to all sources of lights. After a few hours of watching, I gave into curiosity approaching the nearest fire. I asked the one humans closest to me why he faced away from the light. He answered without turning that he had to maintain his night vision. Confused, I asked another human who was tending the fire what he meant. She explained that without special equipment, humans could not see well in the dark, and that if they faced the light, they would temporarily lose their vision that they had. I was taken aback having a secondary set of eyes specifically to see in the dark that I'd never thought of such a thing. While nothing of any excitement happened, it was a revolution to me that humans had limits. During the duties and assignments that followed, I began to watch more closely for humans simply to see if there were more things that they couldn't do. Humans have incredibly varied diet, but there are things from their own planet that are incredibly toxic to them. Some even have allergies to food that other humans can eat. Humans, for the most part, can only use their upper appendages with precise controls, while they can use both the non-dominant hand, typically more clumsily, and in some cases, are able to perform certain tasks at all. Humans cannot sneeze, a involuntarily expulsion of air due to illness, dust, or irritant, with their eyes open. While these don't seem like much, this was a short trip, and who would have thought that humans had any limits at all? End of story. Story number two. Awakening, written by H. Nocturna. 
Commander Zanth, it appears to be a completely derelict. There is no activity, the engines are dead, and it appears that nobody has been alive for a while. A long time. Xanth couldn't believe his luck. A ship like this was worth untold billions in terms of the technology it could unlock. He was a rich man. He just needed to make sure that his discovery stayed hidden from the rest of the universe. He never expected to find a treasure trove like this during his routine patrol of a quadrant, and indeed, he wouldn't have even noticed it had it not been there for if the additional resources... They had been scanning an asteroid field for precious metal so that they could replenish their supplies when an abandoned spacecraft was picked up on the short-range scanners. Xanth commanded two short-range shuttles filled with soldiers to survey the craft. He waited with bated breath to learn what secrets there were to be discovered. Get me engineers and scientists up here now. I want to know exactly what we got our hands on. He spoke to Cain. A few minutes later, the screens on the command deck were following the soldiers as they docked with the craft. They cautiously depressurized their shuttle to match pressure with the ship and walked through. Their lights lit up to the dark corridors. Not even emergency power was left with flashing warning lights. As they continued into the ship, these hopes of fortune grew greater. He saw technology decades or centuries more advanced than what he had currently commanded. His scientists and engineers chittered with excitement. They pointed and gasped at the screen as the soldiers searched deeper and deeper. Avan led the soldiers under his command cautiously towards the door blocked access to the next hallway. As he approached, he signaled forward for his combat engineer to begin the process of cutting through the door. His HUD displayed a friend or foe tag identity, Kina, as she floated to the head of the group. As Kina prepared the laser for cutting through the door, the rest of the soldiers covered her back with their nerves on end. There had been no resistance so far into the mission, and it made them uneasy. They had only heard of history lessons regarding the strange type of technology and their significance in assisting the development of their own technology. Something like this would surely unlock another chapter in their advancement. After a small hole had been cut through, Haven deployed three survey drones through the opening. They would map the territory ahead while they enlarged the entrance so that they could proceed. Apparently... The area ahead split off into multiple paths, and the drones separated and sent back information regarding the dead ends and areas of interest. Having entered near the rear of the ship, they wanted to examine the engines. While bits and pieces of the previous craft had been found, there had never been discovered a completely intact engine. They had been given orders to make them a priority. By the time Oven's squad had been able to continue on, the route to the engine had already been discovered. Head directly there. The scientists want to know if the engines can still be powered on, ordered Xanth through the headset. Oven motioned for his men, and they continued towards the engine. Though his nerves were completely on end, he maintained his calm outward demeanor. If the engines could still be powered on, Xanth would go down in the history books. His discovery would be the greatest thing of value since the last ship of their kind was discovered nearly 200 years ago. Oven's squad had taken several hours to cut through the debris blocking their way to the engine room, but it was finally time. The soldiers were climbing down the ladder and the interface for the engine controls. 
The engine looks intact. The drones already reported no physical damage to the engines. So there should be no reason why we can't just start them back up, Commander. He quickly added, As long as it still has fuel, of course. Xanth nodded in reply. Do we know the startup sequence yet? He asked. We'll need to interface with the control module before we can find out. We've never come across something like this before. Ask Arvin's squad to connect to the port there and my team will figure it out. The scientist responded. It'll take some time, though. Their computer technology was almost completely based off the alien's technology, so they had interface bridges that could connect to it. Arvin's team waited cautiously as Kina created a link to the scientists so that they could examine the controls. All right, so you'll need to hold down the button while you pull the lever on your left down and then punch in the sequence we went over earlier and the switches above and up to your right. This should start up the interface so that we can run diagnostics on it. The scientists explained through their radio. Arvin watched as Kina followed the instructions. Immediately, the console lit up. His men all straightened up and nervously checked their surroundings. Arvin heard a shock gasp come through the radio, followed by a scientist's voice. There's still fuel left. We still will be able to start it. The radio went silent for a few minutes. When they next heard back, there was the commander's voice. We're going to start it up. I want your men to be prepared to abandon ship if anything goes wrong. Understand? Arvin responded. I understand, sir. But are you sure about this? Shouldn't we send this information back to command and take this craft into quarantine? We talked it over, Hapia, and the scientists and I are in agreement. We should take advantage of it now, because the message to home, base, and back is going to take a week. We can't risk losing it by waiting. That and Zanth wanted the glory all to himself. Arvin didn't like this plan. He understood the concerns about the delay in getting the message to the command center and back, but he didn't want to be the one on the ship when they turned it back on. All right, everyone, get ready. They're going to turn it on. Be prepared for anything. He spoke into his team's radio channel. Be ready to abandon ship if need be. He could sense the unease amongst his people, but they said nothing to voice their concern. Through the viewport, he watched as the sudden jolt of purple light flashed as the steady bright violet glow reappeared, as apparently the engine was successfully ignited. All around him, he could feel the vibrations as the ship around him came to life. Clean, grey, metal walls were illuminated around him, while white vapour billowed out from exhaust ports and began to fill the engine room with gas. Lights on several auxiliary controls lit up. The atmosphere became denser. Arvin and his squad began to hear the sounds of the ship coming to life. He could hear the hum of the engine, various whirs and clicks as mechanical parts came back to life. Suddenly, a claxton of warning sirens blasted through the ship. Should we report, sir? What did the ship's defenses come online? He asked, but was only met with silence from his commander. Sir, can you read me? The silence continued. He flicked the radio to his team's channel and spoke. We've lost communications with command. I'm aborting this mission. We're leaving now. One by one, his team fired their short-range thruster packs and began to ascend the corridor from which they came. Halfway to the landing they were aiming for, the ship's gravity returned. All but two of his team reacted quickly enough to turn their thrusters back on and dampen the downwards momentum. By the time they reached the top, 
the fallen soldiers had already begun to climb the ladder. Avan and Kina helped the soldiers climb onto the landing. He quickly assessed them and then continued his evacuation. During their exit, they encountered many doors that had suddenly locked themselves where they had been open before. He did his best to attempt to navigate a new route to the landing ship, but ultimately he had very little control over the direction that they could proceed in. Haven and his team eventually arrived at a large, unlit room. There were three rows of tubes on either side of the wall that stretched out for the length of the room. At his estimate, there had to be over a hundred of them in the room. My god, these can't be cryotubes, can they? One of the soldiers under his command exclaimed in disbelief. We have to get out of here. We need to leave before they wake. But it was too late. The progress bar on the closest tubes indicated that the reanimation process was already well underway. Before he could order his men to move out, he heard a voice from behind him. It spoke in a language that he didn't understand. His team whooped around, weapons at the ready, their sights were pointed at the alien. It spoke again. Stay back, he warned. We will use deadly force if necessary. It paused for half a second. Apologies, our translation software only now became accessible to me. We mean you no harm, replied the alien. You know our language, no. I've been analyzing your radio chatter since you powered the ship back on. Between your radio communications and interfacing with the docked ship, we have gathered enough data for translating your language. As curious as Arvin was, he desperately wanted to get off the ship. Listen, we are not here to harm you or your people. We thought the ship was a derelict and only came over to check it out. He attempted to reason with it. If you'll just let us go, we won't be bothering you again. He had no idea whether he would be able to keep that promise, but was willing to say anything to get away. I'm afraid I can't let you leave just yet. These doors are locked until someone from command authorizes me to unlock them, replied the alien. Due to corrosion in the locking mechanism for this room, you were able to enter the room when they weren't supposed to. I will have to detain you and your team until my superiors awake. What do you mean, detain? asked Oven. We will resist and resort to force if you attempt to harm us. Our people on the other ship will destroy this entire vessel if you don't let us go. I'm hoping it won't come to that, but we will respond in kind if need be. The alien slowly backed away as droids surrounded his party. Oven and his people had their guns at the ready, but quickly realized that they were outmanned and outgunned. What happened? Why aren't they responding? asked Xanth desperately. He saw his dreams of legacy quickly evaporating. I, uh, I, uh, we don't know, replied the top scientist. There is nothing wrong with our equipment. They must not be receiving our signal. Something must be jamming their equipment. Well, maybe we can boost the signal and penetrate whatever is obstructing it, suggested another of his science team. I doubt it, but let's try it anyways. Agreeing to the first man, he spoke into the ship's intercommunication channel, ordering and engineering to bypass normal safety voltages for their radio equipment. A few moments later, the engineers in the communication reported the successful boost to the equipment. Try signaling them again, sir. We've boosted our signal tenfold. Captain Arvin, can you hear us? Tried Xanth again, but still he heard no reply. Well, it is possible that they are receiving us, but their equipment isn't powerful enough to penetrate whatever it is to send a reply. 
There is no way to tell. You, uh, you don't think that, um, that, uh... Quietly whispered one of the scientists in the back. Think what? Asked Xanth. What if the, um... The scientist paused in the middle of an explanation, terrified at the implications. He hesitated another moment. What if there are humans still aboard? What if they're still alive? Silence filled the bridge. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.